Hello, everyone. Hope you have had a wonderful week and looking forward to the weekend. This is a great podcast. I was very excited to to do this one. Um, managed to get uh, Jamie Rahn, Captain NBC uh, from America, onto the podcast. Uh, he is a nine-time competitor on American Ninja Warrior and is a very well-known figure in the ninja community. Uh, he has a parkour background and is super, super strong um, and very, very good with movement, very agile. So talk about all sorts of things, um, basically from you know his time starting out uh, on season two up until now. But I think there's so many things I kind of forgot to ask. Um, so yeah, definitely have to get him on another time. But yeah, hope you enjoy. We, we recorded this from doing a live Instagram uh, chat so the audio at certain times might be a bit disjointed but more or less it's pretty good hope you enjoy guys got it Hello. sweet oh man what a wow <laughs> well i guess uh, i guess everyone else can watch <laughs> Oh, how are you? Not bad. I want to go uh, where the dogs aren't as noisy. Ah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, well, so I guess you've had a you've had a bit a bit big trip, huh? Because you were in Ohio, were yeah. you? Uh, yeah, over in uh, Columbus. We just drove back uh, last night. Oh man, that's how. What's what's the distance? Because you're in Saint Saint Louis. Yeah, yeah, it's about uh, six and a half, uh, seven hours. Yeah, wow. That's uh, yeah. that's a big drive. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you drive everywhere? Um, if we can, I prefer to fly, but uh, with all of our um, you know shirts and stuff, it was easier just to drive down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Did you organize the whole event, or was that was that a part of a greater? How uh, does that work? Michelle, up. it was, uh, we were going down for a wedding, uh, yes. and so day before, uh, we did a kids camp, uh, that she set up at her gym, so oh, we, amazing. uh, went down there, me and a couple of the ninjas that were at the wedding, uh, stayed around and did a, uh, camp for the kids at her gym. That's awesome. Oh, good on you, man. Yeah. Um, well, man, I, this has been, uh. I'm so glad we could organize this. I know it's taken it's taken some time, but it's 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 all good. I'm happy to be up at um I think it's nearly three, but that's okay. <laughs> nah, it's all it's all good. Um yeah, so basically like with, with what I do with the whole podcast, I basically just try and interview different ninjas, uh and I try and just learn I I basically say it's for my selfish reasons, so I can learn as much as I can, and then I hopefully can share that with with other people, and hopefully they can get some value. Um, so I guess the big thing is, I mean, obviously, you know, in the U.S., you're a, you're a big deal, uh, and uh, <laughs> um, but I guess where where did your where did your ninja journey start? So because you've you've been on it for what, like nine seasons now, or eight? Is it nine? Or- uh, yeah, had nine seasons, about ten years. Um, That's crazy. I started in season. Two, um, when I, I saw a commercial that it had come to the states, and I didn't even know 
uh, I'd been watching uh, on TV when it was in Japan. Amazing. And I fell in love with it when it was there, and I just started, you know, doing parkour and, uh, you know, jumping around out around the neighborhood and at college. And um, I found the show. It comes to the States, so I just submitted an application, went over, um, and got to compete for season two. And I failed the uh, the very first obstacle, and then I, I came back, found a um, uh, a gym that was actually doing parkour classes. So I, I joined in with the gym and ended up coaching and building at the gym, and then eventually became part owner at the gym. We went to new locations, uh, and then that just kind of snowballed into you know now I'm just working at the the gym, a different gym than I originally started with, um, but it just kind of fell into my lap of, you know, this is really cool. I love watching it. I love that kind of, you know, physical challenge mm. of it all. And when it, it came to the States, I, I jumped on the opportunity. I didn't know it was coming. I wasn't part of uh, the message boards and, and all that back in the day. Uh, but it was, it was cool to see it come in. I had just been obsessed with uh, Jackie Chan yeah. and his ability to move through space and that body control and, and I think that's what ultimately drew me to Ninja was the ability to do some of these things that seemed like really impressive mm. um, and have to do it. Yeah. Wow. So what were you doing before Ninja? So, cause I, 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 I thought for some reason, I thought you'd been doing parkour for, for forever. So it sounds like you started roughly when Ninja sort of came about. So what was your like sporting yeah, background? Was a little bit. Um, before not really kind of training, just kind of playing around with it. Mm. Um, and I like to say that's not when I started parkour, but when other people stopped doing parkour, because it's just kind of movement and playing that we've we've all done as kids. And, yeah. You know, once I started educating myself about efficiency of the movements and not just wanting to find new ways to move and kind of play with the ground as lob and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, athletically, football for a while um i always played defense as a small little kid um never really did great um and i went to sports camp so i did everything from racquetball to handball to hockey to field hockey to tennis to soccer and, and everything in between yeah um i kind of settled in with skateboarding and football were my my two big ones that i really enjoyed mm-hmm. um and that really kind of just kept me active and reactive. So skateboarding was great because it was a whole body uh, piece. And when you you hit like a pebble, you're set into the air. So you're you become really good at falling and being really reactive to what happens. <laughs> of course, football was just good uh, strength building, but then also good for just kind of that mental attitude of you know having to push through things when you're tired and you know really focusing on. Um, you know, the team and the play and rather than just, you know, oh, I missed the whatever. So, you know, mm. that's, that's just going to game, but it's, you know, you, you got to keep going and keep pushing through. Yeah, of course. So I guess it sounds like you've played multiple different sports, some individual, some team. What, what yeah. yeah. So what were, I guess, the, the main things that you took away? I think you sort of just started touching on them. What were the main, main things you started taking away, which I guess have combined you into the ninja that you are now i definitely think um a lot of my attitude from football of you know 
being in the, the cold and, you know, being tired and, you know, being losing but still having to, you know, find that drive in that fight to, you know. Whoop, there we are. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. someone tried to call through. Uh, <laughs> oh, good. So that, that fight and drive of, you know, being in the cold and, you know, being beyond winning, you know, too far behind to, to catch up but still putting in that, that effort every play to give it 100%. Mm. Um, and the, the conditioning kind of, understanding that what I do when I'm not on the field is going to affect what I do on the field. So, um, you know, eating and exercise and all that really helped a lot. Mm. And then skateboarding was a big one where it was overcoming a lot of fears of things, Yeah, which all this joined in with uh, parkour as well. Um, but the skateboarding, being able to react when you fall and adapt and move and not get hurt, as well as finding progressions and different ways to do things mm. rather than, okay, I want to, you know, board slide down this, you know, tense there. Well, I can't do that. And if I try it, I'm pretty scared. I'm probably just going to hurt myself. So mm. what are the pieces trying to make this doable? And that really kind of started to get my brain going for uh, problem solving new obstacles and new strengths or techniques I needed to do where, you know, the wing nuts came in and I was kind of thrown into it on the show. The first time I ever tried it was in Vegas. So I had to learn what I knew and do the best I could, mm. uh, which worked okay. And off season, I had to figure out, you know, how can we make this better? You know, what can I do to really understand this obstacle um, to make sure that wasn't just luck? Uh, so mm. breaking it down into, I'm just going to swing. How do I build a swing? How do I dismount and land on my feet? How do I dismount with distance with control? Mm. Uh, and then how do I grab? And that always turns into, you know, how do you make it harder? So, you know, how do you do it with one hand? How do you spin around and catch it backwards? How do you do a 360? How do you turn a corner? How do you do it with a ring? And um, I think that sort of progression just leads into pushing the creativity to go beyond what the show has. Mm. And that allows better prepared for whatever comes next year or, you know, like the wing nuts. I never did one before, but I've done a lot of weird laches from, you know, everything hanging to stable that it wasn't all that crazy mm, when I got on there, but different. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a good point actually. So I guess taking it back to season one. So I'm assuming you'd watch, obviously you'd watch uh, Sasuke. Um, you thought, well, what is this? What is this crazy crazy show and then they they brought it over here so was it that because i'm just trying to understand so they ran you guys on the course in america to go to was that to go to sasuke to to do their yes yeah, so how it worked first couple um i believe it was seasons one through four um they do one through four yeah one through four um the top ninjas went to Japan to compete in Sasuke. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that season five, we built one in Vegas uh, and created Ninja Warrior uh, Vegas, uh, which was our national finals. And then Japan stopped accepting um, internationals for a little while. Then they had the Malaysian Cup, which drew one everything, including the team. So he got an <laughs> invite out. He did amazing. So he was able to kind of, you know, keep going back and um, 
you know, compete in Sasuke because he's, you know, this elite athlete uh, that had been there before and, you know, was part of their, their kind of history. Mm. Um, but to get into it after that was kind of rough. Uh, it was, it still is invite only, maybe one or two a year. I got lucky this year. Mm. They had, uh, I think, eight internationals, maybe nine. Uh, me and Jesse Graff were the two from America that got to, to go this year. Uh, which was, was super awesome, mm. um, but just to to get there, you know, was the goal going into Ninja Warriors. Okay, we want to go compete in Sasuke, this thing we've been watching on TV. Yeah. So we're gonna do the get there, uh, which is really cool that the American show Ninja Warriors started out as recognizing Sasuke is this amazing, crazy thing, mm. and we just want people challenge that. Mm. Uh, rather than just say, hey, we're going to make something that's like it but different, uh, which I think was nice because it it gave respect to the Japanese show as being this elite um, course. And then once it kind of grew in popularity and the numbers realized, okay, not we're not going to be able to have you know, 5, 10, 12 people go to Japan every year. Yeah. Uh, we got to have some to you know supply this, this huge uh, interest that's been growing. Yeah, no, I, I mean, obviously, you know, you guys have set the gold standard. I mean, Australia's, considering I think we've only been doing it for four years, I, we're, we're sort of progressing quite quickly. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. There's, there's, definitely, yeah. there's definitely more work that needs to be done on the um, on the sport end. Um, so you, so after season one, so you said you you came off on the first off school. With the, the steps, they were a bit different, weren't they? They were like the sort of the, the so Japanese was... version. Yeah, they were a bit different. That was my first season, mm-hmm. uh, but it was the show. Uh, oh, sorry. Per- yep, yep, yep. I didn't even know about it being there. Uh, the second one was on uh, Venice Beach. Okay. Out in California. Um, and it stayed there for a while, but it was the only location until I think season four. They started doing cities and regionals as opposed to one central location. But, um, yeah, okay. In my first season, season two, I failed the uh, the quad steps. Uh, so those were four angled platforms. Yeah. Just about five degree. Uh, and there's about man, maybe four to six feet in between from left to right. Yeah. Uh, and so one step, those was actually super impressive. And, and I was not going to do that. Um but when I got there the first year, I was like, oh, I'm a skateboarder. I'll give it a go. Mm. And I one step, I, I didn't have enough, and I got to the end and fell back in the water. Um, and it was one of those moments, and I haven't had it much since. Mm. Um, being there, overwhelmed by, you know, Nagano was there and Yuji was there. Um, and I'm, my first time in this, like, TV production world, uh, you know, competing on this thing that I've been watching on TV for a while. I'm like, oh, this is, like, real now. Um, <laughs> and get that one shot uh i did that kind of adrenaline blackout that a lot of first time ninjas get oh uh, yeah where you hear the the start you go and then you wake up as you're falling in the water um and that's that's kind of what happened as i started and then i woke up uh, like i was conscious again as I, I hit the landing platform into the water so it was it was kind of a, a quick run and it was kind of disappointing uh I was there all day, and it was a during-the-day shoot, so I ended up getting a little sunburn. Oh, no. Uh, planned to be out there for a week, assuming I'd get further and further. 
um, and then didn't make it, had to fly home, and then the next year I got accepted mm-hmm. to compete again, but um, it was during the senior year of college, so I was doing a thesis project with a lot of construction, ended up uh, needing surgery on my wrist Oh wow! for a little, basically the tendon popped out of the, the bone canal there, so I had to get it um, uh, replaced and repaired. Wow. So that was the day of so any spider wall or like that wasn't going to happen. So I said, all right, I'm not going to go because if I do make it to Japan and I do poorly, then it's there's a small chance I'll be able to make it back. But if I wait a year, get better, and then go back, actually healed, I'll have a better chance of actually you know, mm. doing well. Mm. So I took the year off. Early enough, I got called back for season four and everyone since then. Yeah, wow. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think back to my first season. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a weird feeling. Like, I actually felt probably more focused than I ever had from that point on. Um, nice. But it was, yeah, it was, yeah, very, very strange. I think, yeah, maybe just the adrenaline and everything just kicked in at the right time. Um, but okay. But obstacles are a little bit different. Little How bit- much preparation did you going into uh the first uh one did you know you were going to compete that you know three months out well it was strange right i in my brain i was thinking it's probably smarter to start doing stuff now i don't know i just had i I had a gut i just had a gut feeling so i think like three months out i just started to learn how to do laches and just started doing basic things but one thing i think helped which they don't allow us in australia which i think is kind of cool in the u.s is um, I was so I was in the very first fifty uh, to ever run the course for us, and they allowed us to watch the runs on a monitor um, that night, which I think secretly helped me because I was watching people run the and I was able to sort of just pick up things from other people. So I think when I was running, I was like, "This is this isn't that bad." In the sense of like, okay, I saw what that person did. But then after that, after that night, they stopped that. So for the last three years, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to, you're basically in a room and you don't know what's happening and you can just hear the crowd screaming or whatever's happening, but you don't know what's going on. And I think that sort of stress and anxiety of not having, not, not being able to, I guess, see how your friends are going, um, it definitely, it definitely made it a little, little more tense especially obviously when you're filming so late, but yeah, that's, that's so rough. I've done a couple competitions like that and I don't enjoy it as much cause I really like cheering everyone on and, yeah. you know, being a part of that, you know, interaction of, you know, supporting each other, mm. which is, it's a great part of it. But when it comes to, you know, being a sport, it, it kind of gives you a little, um, uh, advantage if you're running later to be able to see how everyone's doing and know like, okay, they did that. It didn't work well. So I'm not going to do that. Or, yeah. you know, vice. Um, I kind of like the idea of just, we're all trying to beat the course and get as many people through as possible. Mm. And how that we can do that. Um, it's just, you know, you want it fair for everyone. So the first couple aren't that, uh, you know, sacrificial lamb as it were. <laughs> That's very true. But, um, so I guess you had a turning point after that. You're like, uh, so what, what was it that you started working on after the second season? 
Um, yeah, so after the second season, um, going into the second season, I knew about it like three weeks ahead of time. Oh, wow. And okay. I was like, go out there. Yeah. And so I was just like, no chance. I'm just going to give it a try because why not? Mm-hmm. And then um, I got, whoa, okay, I got to do something. So I did my first laches and went to the playground and got my first rip and, you know, just went through the ranks. And then I had basically two years of training of, you know, I found a parkour gym and there's a local ninja gym nearby and we kind of combined the two and started working out and really built up a nice community on the East Coast um, with uh, Chris Wilczewski. Oh, yeah. That's the first one I ever um, conditioning with. Um, my first day of parkour, I met a, a woman named Courtney Venuti who um, made it to the warp wall the year all the ladies made it up the wall, but she didn't make it up the wall, unfortunately. Oh, dude. Um, she introduced me to Chris. She's like, hey, I know a guy who's done uh, Ninja Warrior before. You guys should, should chat. I was like, okay, cool. And I went to Chris's house. We did conditioning in his front yard. And, That's awesome. Um, the, the movement lab, which became this, you know, this ground for all the ninjas on the, the East Coast to kind of come out, train, uh, compete. We would do, like, courses on one day, and then we would do conditioning after. And then that eventually turned into the, uh, uh, the National Ninja League. Uh, wow. which then grew and grew. But uh, Chris was I had a big staple in the beginning of like, all right, we're going to, you know, we're going to condition. We're going to get really good because he had been on the show as well. It better. He made it to that, that boot camp um, the year that, that I wasn't able to make it. Uh, and so he knew kind of a little bit about it. And he was one of the, the big kind of super fans with, uh, you know, Mike Bernardo and yeah. So they, the, the information that I didn't know. Yeah, and so what was all this knowledge just came together, and I just soaked up as much as I could, and you know, conditioned as much as I could on the obstacles. What's up? You don't have shoes. There's a pile of shoes right behind you. All right. So, um, so yeah, so Chris really kind of created this hub for us all to train, and I just kind of bumped it into heavy conditioning and technique and playing around and getting all these top athletes together mm. and having us kind of build and explore these obstacles and you know after the first year louis moso over at uh, gca started doing all these these ninja events and we had you know james mcgrath and evan dollard and um you know brian roscoe and all these ninjas kind of coming in uh from all over now and then we were all able to start competing together and training and you know, finding all these little pieces that, you know, we wouldn't have gotten on our own. Mm. And I think being around other ninjas really pushed me to be better and find cool, creative new things to challenge myself. And so once I world, I was like, all right, I'm in it. You know, we're going to, you know, I stopped skateboarding as much and I focused a lot on, you know, climbing parkour and ninja. Mm. Nah, that's awesome. So what was, um, so when yeah. you, when you, when you were trying to, I guess, level up, what were the, I guess, key key skills or that you found that you needed to to work on to i guess get to the so I, I was always fairly agile just from um skateboarding and football yeah um but great you know grip strength so oddly enough the first man month or two that i was um training parkour i uh i destroyed my ankle i basically landed a side flip on a mat 
and then tried to stand up and twist at the same time oh. to walk out. Ouch. Yeah. Kind of. But so I, I broke my my ankle. I tore ligaments. I got a high ankle sprain, and I was non weight bearing for a month or two, and then in a boot for another couple months. So I couldn't really run around as much. So I focused on grip strength and endurance, and I realized that regardless of the obstacle. I wanted to have enough grip strength that if I couldn't figure it out, I've never been there before, mm. that I'd be able to hang on the, you know, figure it out on the fly. So I may not be the fastest through, but I'm going to be the one that, you know, figures it out and does make it through. Mm. It's a lot of conditions of weighted hangs, weighted pull-ups, dead hangs, um, and just different grips to get comfortable in, you know, um, that kind of ball grip, um, you know, the cone. Mm. Or the the nunchuck, the the cliffhanger, vertical limit, you know, the the towel and all these different grips I never really played with before and just get strong in those and, you know, play with forward, reverse, switch grip, Mm. um, bars, and anything I could to make it more difficult. Uh, Because I could hang. One arm was kind of tough. Definitely no one-arm pull-ups, but started working, you know, more kind of, I guess those calisthenics. Uh, mm-hmm. But nothing really fast, uh, kind of that, you know, slow, controlled type of motion. Yeah, and okay. that weakness of mine that now is one of my strengths is is grip strength and upper body laches and all that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah, no, your laches are, well, I've been watching it. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, afraid of how to do a cast because it was just so much power, so I got really good at the other ones, trying to get as, as much power as I could out of... Um, the, the kickstarts, which is good because Ninja doesn't usually let you cast its hands only. So, ah, so far, so good. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, okay. at least on most. Uh, but, you know, as you may know, with a lot of the Ninja stuff, they say, rules are you can't do this. And then someone does that and it looks really cool. Like, okay, that's <laughs> okay, you can do that. Uh, yeah. Kevin Bull, uh, the knee swing. Of course. So it's a hands only, but. Hey, he made it. No one else did, and it looked pretty sweet. So we're keeping it. <laughs> yeah, we um, I think we, I think we had a something similar where um, so we have these uh, pair of twins over here. Um, they do, yeah. they do. Oh, you probably would know of them, uh, the Pawson twins, um, because they've the Brody uh, and Dylan Pawson. They've. With, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The, the parkour guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I can't remember which one of them, but um, it was a spinning log, and I think. They had a staggered spinning log, um, so yeah. they, were, they were slightly off offset, and one of them yeah. just went, nah, stuff this, just ran, jumped, hit the middle, just yep, just just cleared yeah, both of them. <laughs> so, I love that. Oh, it was, yeah, it was amazing. I, I mean, yeah, it was a good three and a half meters, I think. I don't know what that is in feet, but that's nice. if anyone was going to do it, it's going to be them. That's wonderful. Yeah. We had, uh, uh, so we have uh, John Brown, we call him JSB. He's uh, he's a, a madman, but a lovable madman. <laughs> he's the guy who did the over the um, the rolling logs. I don't know if you saw that. He's I just he's it. just super fast, strong man. Yeah. And well, where you grab the log, both hands, and it spins you down the track. Mm. Oh, he just put a front flip over it and just dove over the obstacle to the landing platform 
and, and man, they kept going, and they're like, all right, guys, you got to use the obstacle, and they're like, okay. Uh, long as you know no one dies and you know it looks awesome you know they they want to see cool moves but i don't think they know what a lot of the ninjas are capable of mm. you know i doubt any of them are gonna you know apply across and skip that that spinning log uh, that dylan did but you know they did it Absolutely, and like you said, it looked amazing. So they're not gonna, you know, edit that out. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the stuff that you know we love to see. Mm. No, hundred percent. So, yeah. At what point were you starting to? I guess you know you're coming back on. At what point were you starting to notice that? Okay, you're making some really good, I guess, leaps and bounds um, on the show. Like, what? How, how many seasons did it take you? For example, to get to Vegas. Um, Really good on season um, five. That was the first time I made it to Vegas. I made stage two and slipped off the salmon ladder. Mm. Um, and that be not recognizing, you know, the obstacle where we're in the desert and, you know, the bar is a little slick um, on the rungs. It's metal on this, like, powder-coated metal, so it's, you know, easy sliding motion. Mm. Uh, I didn't think, oh, the desert's just going to be even more slick. Um, and so I went up, slipped off, hit me in the face. I was like, oh, okay, it's slick. And they kept going, pretending like it didn't happen. And then, uh, I went staggered and I didn't think, oh, it's slick. I should move quick and be more careful. Instead, I just went like normal and popped it off. Uh, that, you know, I felt like amazed, like, okay, I'm going to make it through. You know, we've done a lot of this practicing, mm. uh, because it was that year. Uh, well, Chesky and Chris had this big competition, and I got first place at the competition. I was the only one to finish the course. Amazing. And once I started local competition and, you know, becoming top three on, on most of them, that I really felt prepared for the show that, you know, regardless of what happened, I knew that I was at that, you know, top elite level. Mm. That I was, you know, one of the top guys to be able to beat it. So it's just a matter of going out there and making it happen, not making, you know, silly mistakes like forgetting about dust in a desert. Mm. Um, but, you know, that's what, what makes the show is you have these, like, little errors that happen all the time and, you know, you're done so quickly. Mm. But season five, made it to the, the salmon ladder and then missed it, not because I wasn't strong enough, but because I, I didn't fully understand the environment I was in. Uh, was was a good wake-up call for me to realize, okay, I've got a good amount of conditioning, but I need to now focus on technique and variety and doing a lot more of that. Um, because before, we were all just, you know, be strong, be, you know, quick, have that endurance, yeah. and then we'll figure out because who can plan for that. Yeah. Uh, but then now there's we've gone through so many different avenues of movements it's hard to think of something new yeah. that hasn't been done yet uh so it's it's kind of a daunting task but a good one to start early of just training variety and getting good on each individual piece um and just kind of putting your hands on those different things and season six i felt you know much better and i was able to start finishing the finals course and being you know one of the only ones to you know finish the city qualifiers and city finals um, and make it to Vegas with mm. uh, with two buzzers 
out those like uh, those little patches for oh, our yeah. legs. So if you they gave you like this little patch, um, and it it really just kind of went up from there. And then I had a couple, you know, down years where uh, you know this past year was was one of the worst years I've done um, with traveling and moving and all that. I wasn't really training, mm. and it just reflects directly onto the show. Um, and you know, some years I'd fail the um, stage one in Vegas, and you know, just simple obstacles like a log drop. I just went up into the the rafters and then fell off the side of the mat. Mm. And those things happen all the time. And being prepared doesn't always eliminate those. It's my understanding that the more you do, the more comfortable you are. Yeah. And the more of yourself in those situations so one of the things i always point to is drew's ability um in the show and just in general of movement is his calmness or his hyper awareness to just react and be aware of his environment at all times yeah uh put him at the top of my list to to win for many many years just because you know he's adaptable he's not necessarily the strongest or the quickest but his agility and his ability to understand where he's at and know his body and space, mm. you know, was so many other ninjas. Mm. No, no, abs- abs- absolutely. Oh, I mean, I would say he's 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 pretty strong. I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, hey, he's got, pretty he, strong, but yeah, I mean, he's not you know one arm vertical limiting and doing like three inch fat nunchucks, and, you know. He's gotten much stronger as the years go by, and he kind of needs to. Yeah. Um, as you know, but he was never, you know, top ten. You know, super little like baby crimps or stuff like that. But his like parkour and you know power to just build into it mm. was really good. Uh, but that you know overall endurance, you know, for for vertical limit, you know, cliffhanger and that sort of stuff that kept getting him in stage three in Sasuke. Um, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Was, yeah. I mean, plus, as strong as he is, his uh, technique saves him so much energy mm. of not you know, crushing overgrip. Like, oh, I just barely screwed up there. I should should really focus on what I'm doing. You know, a lot of us have those moments of, you know, you're moving like, oh, oh okay, okay, yeah. I'm okay, but I just wasted <laughs> half my energy. Yeah. focus now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course. Um. So who would you say, obviously, yourself, who would you say maybe might be in the next sort of top five or I guess have that sort of potential now to sort of take out the title? I mean, uh, after, uh, yeah. After Drew. Um, that's a good question. I um, I was thinking Gil for a long time. Uh, first time I met him, we got first to second at competition and then he just destroyed me on the stage four rope. I was like, well, clearly he's going to do well. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I guess he, you know, the rope and focus more on the other conditioning. Mm. Um, but Gil was always up there. Um, Mike Needham, I've always put really high, uh, but doesn't really get a lot of uh, attention. He hasn't mm. competed in a while. Mm. Um, and it's like 120 pounds at most. He's like, um, like a spring and a feather combined. So he's like super, <laughs> but he's like super small. 
Uh, so I always tap him to be really good. He just has uh, – I know I was on the rope, uh, but he's one of my, my top picks. Uh, Sean Bryant has come up really well mm. recently. But with his injury, I don't know how well his recovery is. Yeah, that's uh, right. Coming. Um, and then I would say hmm, – what was that? That was two. Uh, Mike Torres is okay. definitely looking very strong. Oderman. For sure, he's been, you know, just killing stuff over and over again. Then I'm always surprised that he doesn't clear everything mm. he does. Um, and then I would like to say either, hmm, yeah, Kim Say and my wife, uh, Jake Murray. Oh, Jake, yeah. Jake, I love and I, I, I want to see him do great. Although I don't know why everything doesn't work for him. It's just like, <laughs> but I don't know why it doesn't. And I, I just wish it would. Jake's Jake's up there for sure. Uh, a lot of the kids that are training now, I think, are, are going to be my top picks once they're legally allowed to compete oh, in yeah, uh, American it's, it's crazy. Um, but I also say um, the, the two Jessies, Jesse Graff and Jesse Lebrecht, Mm-hmm. Um, or you know, should be getting you know stage threes, you know most years. Um, and you know Michelle Warnke as well was was in that that um, that group of just dominating, mm. um, way stronger than me for many years at Griff's Rent. And I was like, <laughs> you need to get three and beat this thing. But I don't I don't think there's any one person that's standing out. Um, you know, beyond all the others, um, besides, I guess, Gil at this point, but he's kind of made it there. And yeah. I'm surprised he didn't hour in time. Mm. I guess it was just, you know, you know, the, the filming is at night and it's back to back and all that stuff really yeah, it's does crazy. Feel really wear down on you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, honestly, watching last season, I was, I was hoping, I thought Adam Rail would, um, would yeah. uh, would destroy, especially after that um the NNL um the finals. That was oh yeah, he did. That was amazing. You did a good job, by the way, and with the, all the judging, I was sort of I was there, but like, you you were you were all over the place. So <laughs> it was it was that was intense. The young guns and they competing later. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a big event. I didn't realize just how big it was going to be. Oh yeah. That's great. I'm excited to see what they're doing this year. Um, I don't quite fully understand how the uh, skills event is going to be run, mm. uh, but it does really interesting. And so Adam, I think, is amazing on any course that's speed related, and like I think he's, you know, hands down best with speed. Um, and I think sometimes that can kind of come back to get him on, you know, regular digits. He'll go too big or you know too fast, and something small will slip up. Mm. Um, it's a, like, like you said, his strength is just beyond, uh, a lot of ninjas is just getting there. I don't know what his endurance is for, for stage three style grip. Um, but I, I don't have any doubt he could muscle his way, you know, through a rope climb if he has, you know, even the slightest bit technique, which I'm sure he's, he's plenty aware of. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Abs- absolutely. Yeah. Um, he's got a lot of weight. To- oh yeah. He's, he's jacked. <laughs> um, yeah. Now I'm, I'm quite curious because because I've I've also applied for American Ninja Warriors, so 
I'm um because I'm I'm a dual, so finger fingers crossed. Oh, perfect. I've um I've yeah. heard I've heard with um with Vegas things can get a bit tricky with I guess all the dust. And yeah. yeah, so so how do you how how have you combated um all that in the past with um I guess managing with breathing and obviously I know the course is bigger well, of course is bigger. What's your what's your little yeah. your strategy? There's a lot of dust and wind in the desert, which you kind of can't deal with when you're on the course. Mm. Um, they to keep it, you know, clean. Um, you know, they have like big brushes with sticks to kind of go into the, the spider wall, which is where most of the issues would be. Mm. Um, we usually ask them to keep a wet and dry towel at certain obstacle starts to dry our shoes just from collecting dust. Mm. Um, most just bring a separate pair of shoes to put on on the starting block oh, okay. just so that they're clean or um, wear their shoes in a bag or another larger pair of shoes over top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, have some sort of like mask when you're on set. Um, goggles as well, uh, just for eye protection. Mm-hmm. Um, when we go through rules during the day and it's dusty and it's windy and you're standing out there. Um, so eye protection, you know, mask uh when we're there i found a um a portable humidifier it's like about yay big and you just take a water bottle and you plop it in mm-hmm. and so it just puts into your hotel room just okay. uh keeps it humid which is your you know you'll just get dry out you'll your lips your your nose i've gotten you know a nosebleed before um uh, where i almost got left at the hotel when they went to film b-roll uh, because it was just bleeding too bad. Wow. So trying to keep that moisture in there, if you have any way to do it in the room and definitely hydrating as much as possible, the dust and so are, you know, to a certain degree. Um, but you know, I've practiced and done the warp wall in stocks. I've done, you know, bars with cotton gloves on. So it's extra slippery, um, and just practice for these things and no obstacle is all friction related a lot of it or sorry not friction but uh is not going to be related to the amount of grip you have in your shoes um or your hands if you do things with enough pressure or uh at the appropriate angles technique Mm. you don't need to rely um so if i push hard enough on a spider wall even if it is covered in dust i'll still be able to hold on Mm. it just requires a lot Friends. Mm. Um, so just being prepared for those type of things and more ball, you know, take an extra second as you're tired to not rely on the shoe friction, but to get the technique so you don't have that slip coming off or doing your run up to an obstacle to not slip at the start and taking your breath to just clean your shoes between the obstacles so you don't have any of these un- unwelcome slips and stuff. But the dust and the wind is mostly going to be kind of that drying you out and being in the heat for so long mm. that that's i think worse dust on the course mm. is just staying high and uh, you know being healthy enough to compete after being out there for so long yeah. that the little dust i think just gets in your head it's like one more thing um but you know you can't you can't help it it's, no it's, the weather. it's everywhere yeah it's <laughs> like raining heavy i was like are we gonna run this in the rain and just doing like pouring hail and like just be like warriors out there and just see what happens but um 
safety wise, they won't let us do that. But I just always think that'd be really interesting, and I get really hyped about it. Yeah, <laughs> back to the football days, huh? <laughs> yeah, be a spider wall and just see a tornado go back behind the camera. <laughs> That'd be, <laughs> be a bit dramatic. Um, do you have any like do you have do you have any like pre course rituals that you you do? Yeah, I um, I try and do some running just to get my cardio good uh, mm-hmm. because my cardio is kind of my weak point. Um, so I'll run around and then I'll usually dance around, find a good song I like, mm-hmm. uh, and then buddy Sean Darling Hammond, Sean DH. Um, he's the giving ninja. What I would do with him whenever we were able to compete at the same area is we had this hugging routine. Oh, yeah. of we would we would hug three long breaths and then we go head to head and then we go one more hug and then it'd be be out to go. Um, and then I started doing that with my wife because Sean was in the same region anymore. And then now that's become my my go to because I have all this this excitement and adrenaline mm-hmm. that some turn it into, uh, you know, the nervousness can be excitement. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, I've got this idea. It's going to be really cool. I'm not sure if it's going to work, but I'm like really excited about it. And I just need to calm my heart rate so I can focus on what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean, the best huggers in the business, <laughs> um, it's like slowing things down and, you know, keeping you focused. Um, and so that's my, my main routine is to get a run in, play around a little bit with some movement, mm. um, and then you know, get a good hug right before going up just to, to calm the nerves and be able to focus on what's happening. Mm. Okay, interesting. I'm going yeah. to take some notes. I'm going to let some ninjas know. I'm going to give them some hugs. Yep. Okay, not a secret. Find a good hug. Also, I don't know if it's a ritual, but it, I'm doing it every, every chance I can. Is whenever you go through rules, they like raise your hand, no, you understand. Mm. Um, so whenever that happens, I always find someone new to give a high five to, kind of like cheer up the mood a little bit of everyone. Just like, okay, this is this is the obstacle. This is really tough. Like, high five. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. What um one thing I actually never asked anyone is, do you how do you I guess from a, I guess you know um, staying hydrated, but then you know um, having enough nutrients. Do you have do you have like a specific, maybe not so much diet, but like what would you eat sort of that night, or do you have something that you you like to munch on, or what what's your what's your go to? So I try and keep as much you know water and usually like a Gatorade or something as well. Yeah. Um, on set, blowing through, uh, but once we're on set, we don't really get to to leave, and we don't really have access to food on set other than like chips and other stuff that we don't really want to be eating so if possible um i'll usually ask my parents to bring me just some plain grilled chicken from like a whole foods or you know a market um when they arrive yeah because i'll be there a couple hours beforehand so i'll bring some food usually like one or two meal bars a couple of um honey stingers which are um honey filled little wafers which are good for energy um and I'll bring just some sort of meat and bread. Uh, so I won't really do too much sugar. Um, I'll just try and get something in my system so that I'm not hungry. Yeah. Um, it's a car off on the course. Um, but for me, <clears throat> all right, I, uh, I get migraines quite often. 
So I have to keep a constant level of nutrition and hydration. Mm. So when I'm on set, I always make sure I have some food. Uh, but then at a certain point, uh, I just make sure that I'm good to put in X amount of effort without then, you know, getting sick. So making sure that, you know, I've had like maybe half a chicken breast or, you know, a full chicken breast before, uh, like an hour before going on. I probably won't eat much mm -hmm. an hour or two before. I mean, you're constantly going to the bathroom anyway, just from nerves. Yeah. <laughs> so I try and just get in early. Um, and then maybe I'll do like a little honey stinger or, you know, some bread and half hour before just to get something in my system. But it's mostly just water and mm. keeping that in my system. Uh, because I get really excited on set and, you know, I, I focus on the course and I'm like cheering everyone on and I'm all about it that you kind of forget to eat and do those things. So mm. when I open up, I realize, okay, I'm going to go grab a bite to eat and then go into the warm up and kind of make those mental notes. Uh, but really very simple, just, you know, chicken, um, bread, water, uh, in Cleveland, it was amazing. We convinced the bone broth place to stay open all night wow. uh, and they like their annual revenue for just the show but we were able to get like hot bone broth like all throughout the night uh so that is ideal but you know of course not always available mm. and before film at night i'll wake up and try and get like an acai bowl or something healthy to bring to set and eat in the morning sleep you know as late as possible Bring that, eat that as the sun's going down, and then you're on set and snacks throughout the day. Yeah. Um, but as simple as bit to you know keep my my stomach settled and not go too crazy. Yeah. No. Wow. That's that's good to know. I mean, yeah, we're they see we're we're, we're kind of lucky. They um they will actually feed us dinner uh, at some point throughout the at the night. I think because they'll they'll feed the crew, so they'll just they'll they'll just stop filming for for an hour. And then we're lucky we get le like leftovers. <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to complain. I mean, we'll give uh, a lunch, you know, that midnight lunch. Mm. Uh, but really only eat things plain. So like no sauces, no, you know, pickles and stuff. Like that. And they always have that just because it's generic. Mm. Um, so I'm never able to eat that anyway. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um all right, man. I got I got one last one last question for you. <laughs> um, let's say. What was that? Sorry. Are you uh, scavenging off the crew, or do they give you like your own little box of sandwiches or whatever? No, no. Like they'll um, it's 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 a it's a pretty good spread. So they'll put out they'll um okay. whatever it is that, that they're making. It could be, I don't know. It could be some sort of let's say stir fry or something for example and they'll just have you know big sort of big um yeah containers of it and you know the crew will eat the the competitors will eat together so yeah the producers i think some actually no the producers don't come in and eat but um yeah but pretty much everyone comes together and um if um, if, if you want to eat you can i mean but you're you are allowed to bring yeah. snacks and all that stuff okay but, um yeah, well, like you said, once once we're on set, yeah, we we, we can't do anything, um, especially the first. They'll do that, but not the um, the regular qualifier. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, man, this has been really really awesome. Um, re I really appreciate you taking the time. I know we said half an hour, and I think it's been um <laughs> nearly fifty minutes. <laughs> so, I um.
yeah, I appreciate you taking the time. But mate, I've, I've, I've got a question for you. So let's say you're doing, you've got the opportunity to do, I guess, Team Ninja, uh, and you can choose two ninjas uh, to be on your team. Who would be your top two picks? My top two ninjas. I would say um, Adam Rail and uh, Flex LeBrec, probably. Why? And, 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 Adam's just, so Adam's Speed Demon, for sure. Um, and when it comes to team, it's all about speed. Mm. Um, a lot of the same obstacles, which is like, if you give Adam a chance to dial anything down, there's, there's like no catching that man. It's, it's like kind of, you know, the, I feel a lot like the dog chasing the, the little fox around the, the track. Yeah. Like I'm going to chase him, but <laughs> get there, see where I get. Um, and then Lebrec, she is just amazing when it comes to you know, stringing things together mm. and, you know, self and, you know, pushing through something. Um, and doesn't have a lot of hesitation, which is, you know, really necessary in the team ninja. Like, okay, I'm here. I got to go. There's someone right behind me mm. or I see him right in front of me. I move. Yeah. Okay. Uh, perfectly. I think perfectly good choices. Mate, thank you. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you so much for, for coming on. Um, I hope I hope your wife Pleasure. hope your wife feels better. <laughs> yeah. Um and yeah, I guess I'm hoping I will catch you in the US soon. We'll we'll see, fingers crossed. Um yeah. have you have, what um have you been sort of spread around with different regions throughout the years or do they kind of put you in the Yeah, I'm around Miami, Baltimore, St. Louis, Florida, um, Cleveland. Uh, so they've they've kind of pushed us around a lot. Yeah. Um, and then living in St. Louis, so I don't know which region I'll go to. Have I they... went back to the East Coast, Colorado, to compete with you know the same people I've always competed with. Yeah. Um, but see you know what they do this year. Uh, if they, it really depends how many regions they have. Uh, and they usually cast you for the one that's closest to you because you have to pay your own way. So if I want to go back to the East Coast, I have to you know, pay for flight, travel, hotel, mm. where if they come to St. Louis, they here because it's, you know, I can drive there. Yeah, yeah, of course. Have they actually announced cities yet? Is, is that it now? Cities have been announced or competitors picked yet or dates or times. Yeah, okay, right. Okay, all right. Hopefully, no, um, maybe a couple weeks out, depending on the first region uh, from when they go. And then, after that, films usually get the calls for the next one. So it's usually at least two weeks out um, to know if you're going to compete or not. But once they announce all the regions, they'll probably start making calls pretty soon. Yeah, okay. When, when, when in your experience, have they roughly started announcing regions? Well, that's different. They used to do it fairly early. Yeah. Um, but now, because... Submission videos were due an extra month early. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they throwing it in around February. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Maybe even if we're lucky. Okay. Well, I mean, hopefully I hear back soon. Yeah. I gotta. I mean, I gotta organize a big yeah. flight. So. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll see. Chan, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess hopefully, hopefully catch you catch you in the states. Yeah, 
thank you so much for listening to today's episode on the way of the ninja podcast if you want to be kept in the loop please subscribe so that we can teach you how to be a ninja in life and on the course